Hello and welcome back to Let's Fucking Go There, a podcast where we have real, raw, unfiltered conversation with our guests around sex, shame, spirituality, intimacy, pleasure, and all of those juicy topics that we all think about and no one talks about. All right, everyone, welcome back to Let's Fucking Go There. I am so excited for the guest that we have today. Um, I have not spent a lot of time with Amber yet, but she is somebody I am fascinated with. I've been following her on her social media, and she is just hypnotizing. Um, And we will dive into what it is that pulls me in about her. And if you feel the same pull, I will invite you to reach out to her and join her container. I actually get to work with you for the first time tonight. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Uh, I forgot about that. I um, wanted to record this after working with you so I could share the feeling that you invoked within me. But even just your social media journey... Like I watch you and I get so inspired by how you carry yourself, by how you flow and just like, it's art, it's pure art. And like, I think it's so brave that you're sharing that piece of you with all of us and inspiring us to do the same. But we'll get to people listening are like, what does she do? What does she do? Like, they don't know (laughs) yet. So Amber, I always like to ask my guests, who are you without any of your labels? on a soul core level? Hmm. I think I would answer that saying I am a mystery. Um, Mm. I am, yeah, I'm a mystery. I wake up and I'm somebody else every day and it's really fun. (laughs) Yes, a shape shifter for sure. I freaking love that. Have you ever taken your erotic blueprint quiz? Yeah. Yeah. What are you um so I am most uh sensual actually oh I can see that yeah absolutely all right so who are you and what do you do um so I am Amber and I teach a um course right now that's called the feminine erotic and it's all about um it is a movement class uh we work with erotic movement so what that means is just like what you would think of as um, sexy dancing, basically. Um, But it's not about being performative. It's really about Mm. finding your erotic self, like within your movement. Um, It's not about choreography. It's not about looking a certain way. um, Because usually we approach dancing like this like trying to perform as what we think is sexy. We do and the same thing with sex too. Sometimes. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I love that it's such a metaphor. The way you move in erotic movement is such a metaphor for the way you fuck and the way you live mm-hmm. and the way you show up in life. I'm sure you see that. But um, yeah, so it's all about getting beneath the surface of like what we think we should be doing um, that looks sexy, that's performative and for someone else's pleasure. Um, and getting into what feels good in our bodies and what feels sexual in our bodies. And it's such transformative work for women because we don't have spaces for that. You know, we don't, we don't know what sexy looks like without, you know, doing it for the male gaze or like, you know, Mm. someone around us. 
Um, we really don't know what feminine eroticism looks like yet, I don't think, as, you know, a culture. I think we're just now kind of tapping into that. And this movement really took me on a journey into my own eroticism. So I just started sharing it online and I had people left and right messaging me like, are you going to teach this? Are you going to teach this? And so I just did it. I just was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to teach. And it, I've only had one class um, so far with the feminine erotic, but it's been, I mean, it just blew my mind. Like it was so amazing. Did you feel so lit up afterwards? Yes. Like I couldn't even, yeah, like a high. I couldn't even come down. I was so just like on a high. That's how you know you're living your truth. It's like when you're lit up, you're manifesting generator too, right? Yeah. So you're doing what you're meant to be doing. If you have that feeling afterwards, it's not just this wave of an idea and then it comes to it and you're like, "Eh, I'm not with this anymore. It's like, oh, I'm running the full wave and it's lighting me up and you're creating such a ripple effect. Even just, I don't know what it was about you, that mystery, like I love mystery. Um, I was just instantly pulled to you, instantly. Because also you feel very soft you feel very genuine, very soft. And like, you could tell it wasn't a show. Like you weren't doing it to get, I mean, it's always good to have, at least for me personally, I love being seen. I love getting attention. Mm -hmm. I'm an Aries. One of my kinks is being watched, you know? Um, But just like, there was something about the way you were moving and like what you would write underneath of it that I was like, I felt I would, I felt safe being in your container and I was pissed that I missed like when it was actually <laughs> launching and I didn't get to sign up for all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to do it tonight. So where did this come from within you? Was it something you were always connected to or was something turned off and like it got turned back on and you're like, this is what I'm here to do. Where does this come from? Um, well, I would say this has always been a huge part of who I am since I've been, you know, as long as I can remember, I've been really um, just fascinated by female sexuality. Um, even, you know, being a little girl, like mm. there was definitely that in me. And, you know, luckily I was raised by my mother who is very like, she's very positive in that way. Mm. Um, so she encouraged me to be spicy and (laughs) to be like even you know some people would see this as like not two words you would put together but sexy as a child like you know just like feeling super there's like erotic innocence there of just like being seen and you know being in that feminine energy and being inspired by it and it was always there for me like there's a video of me I watched recently like a recital Um, I was probably like five or six and all these little girls were doing like this move and it's kind of like we're like squatting down to the side and shimmying our shoulders and these little girls are just like you know they're just doing doing the the motions yeah you can tell like they're not like super into it and I'm just like getting down low like just (laughs) shaking my shoulder yeah I just loved it and you know, it was just so funny watching that because, you know, I hadn't thought about that little girl in a while and I watched it and I was just like, okay, she would be super proud of who I am today. Like she would just love who I am today. Oh, that gave me the feels. Yeah. (laughs) 
um yeah like that you that's some inner child work showing up for yourself that way oh, yeah. go like deeply healing i love oh, that you yeah. grew up in a sexual positive like a sex positive family too, because my story wasn't the same. Like I got caught grinding on a couch at seven years old and screamed at. So I associated like pleasure and sexuality with shame and sin and being bad. Um, and I have two boys, so I'm try, like we haven't hit that part of parenting yet, but I'm already like, how can I navigate this in a positive way without causing them shame and being supportive, but not being like, you know what I mean? Like finding that healthy boundary there. So I always like to hear other perspectives on, you know, childhood and that sexual energy. I want to circle back. One of my favorite things that you have brought up so far was how your containers are not about performing. Um, it's about tapping into that energy and that essence and letting it flow and connecting to that vibration within you. And again, like I was a um, erotic dancer professionally in my addiction. It was not something that I did because I loved it. It was, I was not empowered by it. I'm so pro sex work, only fans, you know, stripping, if it feels empowering. For me, it was a ways and means to survive my addiction. And it was just that. It was getting on stage and, you know, putting on a show so I could get paid and then feed my addiction. So when I got clean, I had never danced sober, never. It was the most uncomfortable thing for me ever. Like I remember crying the first time I did it, um, but it was so healing. Um, I never even danced at weddings, like clean. I just felt uncomfortable yeah. being seen because the story in my head was, you're dancing to be seen. You're not dancing for yourself. You're not moving for yourself. And it's not even just dance, it's sex too, you know? Yeah. Um, so many times up until the past four years, my sexual encounters were to put on a show and to please the other person and to not really mm -hmm. tap into what I wanted. And what you're doing is you're giving a permission slip to embody that in a container and then carry it into your real life in different areas. Mm -hmm. uh, so where in other ways of your life do you integrate that embodiment and sensuality, like with parenting, with your partner, with cooking, like where does it come up in your day-to-day -day life? Um, wow. Um, I mean, it's hard to think where it doesn't come up for me. It's yes. definitely just something that's like ingrained in my life. Um, it's just, I've always been a very like um, sacral chakra type person, just like very in the flow with what feels good in my life. And I'm a very sensual person. Um, I do uh, body work uh, as my day job. Um, so like I touch people a lot. Um, so yeah, my senses are always a part of my work and my day-to-day -day life. And um, I think I'm starting to realize that more as I, you know, get older and, and look into my eroticism and get curious about these things. Like I'm very sensual and it's very important to me to have practices where I can kind of connect with senses and mm -hmm. drop into my body. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that answered your question, no, but it, does. So it just means that you're fully 
that's just who you are in every area of your life. Like it comes natural for you. That shows that you're in alignment. For me, it's something like I, like I was talking to you before, I love embodiment and I'm still learning it fully myself. That's why I'm hiring you to help with my group containers for the embodiment portion. Um, it's something that is not 100% natural for me in all areas of my life, especially in motherhood. Um, I know that sounds to like an outsider, motherhood's not something that comes natural to me, like that nurturing, mm -hmm. like gentle, soft energy, because I didn't have that. Um, so it's something I'm still learning. So I also have a mentor with that area of my life. Um, so yeah, it just says that this is just, it's not just an Instagram post, it's who the fuck you are in all areas of your life. You know, it's your medicine. And mm -hmm. I'm sure, is there ever a time in your life where you were disconnected from that energy within yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, my mom was very, you know, sex positive or encouraging in that way. You know, I don't know if I'd even call her sex positive. She just, my mom is a very sensual woman and she's very beautiful and she, that's very important to her. Um, so there was a piece of that, that like, even though that was very positive, there was a piece that was like, you know, when I got into um, my own eroticism, I think like most teenagers too, like most teenage girls, you know, it, it wasn't about me. It was about like, well, I'm supposed to be attractive. I'm supposed to be this or that, you know, I'm for someone else's pleasure. Hmm. So I definitely learned that. And I definitely grew up in the Bible belt. Um, I grew up in Western North Carolina, which is my accent. Um, but I grew up kind of in the church, in a Southern Baptist church. Once I got um, in my teens, I was, I started going to church and that was really hard for me because um, I had friends within the church um, that would kind of like, I mean, they would say really bad things about me or um, they would find out that, you know, I was having sex with my boyfriend and they would like they came to my house one time pretending they were coming to like hang over and, and, and hang out. And, um, they were like, you're a slut that they basically like use that to come over and slut shame me. Mm. And so there was definitely always this part of me that was just like, I knew that was who I was. So I never really let it go and still kind of fought through that through high school. Um, but then I got married very young to a um, Christian man um, and had a baby with him, my son, who's 10 now. Um, and he was very much not okay with me being who I was. Mm -hmm. And he definitely wanted me to tone that down. And I did. I toned it down quite a bit for him. That um, was always there. It was never completely gone. Yeah. But yeah, I had to kind of like find my way back to myself after, you know, we divorced and yeah, I had to find my way back to myself and I'm in a relationship now, luckily where my husband is very supportive of me being who I am. And I mean, he's my biggest cheerleader. Like he's just like or my biggest fan, I should say, but he's just very supportive of me doing what I want to do. And he's even had friends like DM him and be like, because he'll put me on his stories on Instagram and his friends will DM him and be like, how can you do that? Like, doesn't that bother you? 
Like, doesn't that bother you that she's on here doing this? Um, and he'll just be like, no, she's doing this for herself because it's who she is. Oh. Like she's, not, she's not doing this to try to like pick up other men. Like she just, this is who she is. So, yeah. yeah. I love that he's so supportive of you. That also shows that he's really anchored in his, like your love is in alignment because he's not possessive. Like, oh, I can't show her skin because you know, and mm -hmm. honestly, with people who have accounts similar to you and I, most of our followings women, you know, we kind yeah. of, we can block and we can remove that toxic energy that is, you know, not there for the right reasons. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. so and I actually, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I actually recently, um, well, one, like I do body work, like I said, I, I recently, um, like fired all the men in my practice and like decided not to work on men anymore. And that's not anything personal to men. I just had thought about it for a long time. My focus is women's health. So like mm. I took all the men out. And then after that, I was like, this felt so good. I'm going to take all the men off of my Instagram. Yes. And I totally did it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I totally gosh. did it. I um will remove them as they pop up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and I they're gonna slide back in. And I talk about this on here all the time. I just that's an energetic boundary with me. It makes me not feel safe completely being seen just because of some of my past trauma. And that's not saying all men have the same motives. It's just my yeah. containers are for women. Um, yeah. And like that's just how it is. So slut shaming um, as a child, guarantee mm -hmm. you've been hit with that as an adult too, huh? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Um, it's you know it's definitely something that I've dealt with for a long time, um, and not always like, not always in the obvious ways. Not always mm -hmm. like um, you know like the friends that came to my house and you know told me I was a slut for having sex with my boyfriend. Um, that's a pretty obvious slut shame. Uh, but I had um, a, I guess a colleague is what you would call her. She worked um, in my suite um, who brought something to my attention when I first started showing um, videos of myself, like dancing. She was like, you really need to you know, have a private account for this because I can't refer people to you who, because I work on fertility clients. So um, you're doing um, the work that helps with fertility though. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I really like these doctors won't take you seriously. Like I can't send people to you like who are going to see this, like, or she didn't say she couldn't send people. I don't remember how she worded it, but yeah. she was basically like, you really need to think about like not having this out here because it makes you look unprofessional. And I see where she was coming from fully. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not mad at her for saying yeah. that, you know, I didn't feel a type of way towards her for saying that. I understand that she's just not, she's just not there. Yeah. Like, and she's, that's her perspective of. Yeah her yeah. story around sexual expression and sensual expression and totally. that's not uncommon in any at all yeah 
And I've had friends who have just stopped being friends with me um, since I started sharing the side of me. Um, mm-hmm. I had, yeah, um, which is fine. Um, you know, I just, I don't take anything personally with it because I understand that people just aren't there and it's a really hard thing to navigate. And I understand that we have been conditioned as women to separate ourselves from this because it's not safe. Um, so I don't take it personally, but I definitely have, um, you know, I've worked with like coaches to try to push me away from this part of myself that want to see more of a softer, vulnerable side of me, which I get, but like, but you're so soft and vulnerable as you show up in this way. It's not like you're, even if you were just, you know, quote unquote, stripping, you're not doing that. You're so soft and you can feel it in your energy as you. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm a very, I'm a very soft person in my day-to-day life. And I'm sure you know this, but when you get into eroticism, a lot of times you want to be in that energy you're not normally in every day. Mm-hmm. So I actually really crave showing up in my erotic movement as very aggressive I love to be aggressive and you'll mm. see me be soft and you'll see me. I've be... already hit on you once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love like the archetype. I love to play with the most within um, my erotic movement is the bad bitch. Like I fucking love to put on my thigh high, like eight inch heels, like boots um, that I have and just put on my harnesses. Like I, I love to be the bad bitch when I dance and, you know, that's what I found so healing within dancing. And I think a lot of, um, leaders and women's embodiment and leaders and women's like healing circles, they can't embrace that because they're still afraid of it themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't understand it. They see it as threatening and, for me, like, I really feel like women need containers where they can be held in that energy um, because it's super healing. I mean, most of us, when we go to these like women's circles or think of like women's healing, we think about vulnerability, softness, things like that, which are great. And they can be really supportive. But like when we walk into these circles with other women and we're all in our softness, we all tend to stay in a certain place in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to give you an example. So if this circle of women were to watch a video of like a wolf hunting a rabbit, they would most likely empathize with the rabbit. They would most likely be on the edge of their seat, like anxious for this rabbit and like, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it just means a lot of times that we over identify with being the rabbit, which puts mm. us in this more softer, vulnerable state, which once again, nothing wrong with that, but we have tendencies to stay in this like soft relating, like, you know, yeah, we, we can't be that way all the time. Sometimes we need to be the wolf. Uh-huh. Sometimes we need the healthy aggression. You know, I would say that's what women need the most. And especially within our eroticism, like we, our power has been stripped. Our sexuality has been taken from us, which is our power. You know, our sexuality and our power are the same thing. That's why it's so taboo 
that's why it's so repressed is because it's the most powerful thing we have. And so we need spaces where we can get into that power and learn healthy aggression and learn how to be the wolf and feel okay with that. Like, where do we have spaces as women where we can do that and learn how to do that in a feminine way? You know, Mm -hmm. if you think about women who are alphas or wolves in our society, most of the time they're seen as like, you know, they're not painted in a a nice light. Like they're looked at as kind of like, oh, she's a bitch. Um, Or if you're a woman trying to be a wolf in our society, how do you go about that? You usually mimic how men do it. You know, you you try to compete with men and Mm -hmm. like, that's not the way to do it either. So we're really, this is really like, I get really excited about this. This is really revolutionary. Like it's, such a big deal to be wolves as women and find ways to like tap into our power that's ours as female bodied people like you can't you can't mimic that by following how a man does it you just can't Hmm. yeah they're like you just drop so much medicine there's so many things I want to touch (laughs) intertwined in this that we will get to but also like the fact that we can choose when to be the rabbit and we can choose when to be mm-hmm. the wolf. Um, Absolutely. I host a healer circle and one of the classes I did was on embodiment. It's just a brief embodiment class to drop back into our bodies. And everybody was so fucking nervous for that class. So yeah. nervous to tap into their sensuality, their sexuality. And like, it's they felt great afterwards but you could feel the uncomfortability and like you could oh, yeah. see people turning their camera off you know mm-hmm. something leaving them on and I had one of the women afterwards she was like I turned myself on so much like I went upstairs and I connected to my body and that was the first time I've masturbated and it doesn't always like that was just her experience and other times yeah. that might invoke you feeling confident enough to go have a conversation that you have not been able to have because you felt mm-hmm. full you know, it can be medicine in so many different ways of your life. Um, yeah. So also one of the points that you brought up is like how when you're on stage or you're tapping into that energy, you're tapping into that badass energy when you're choosing to be seen and when you're choosing to like just be in like that area of your life. And then in other areas of your life, your day-to-day regular energy, you're that rabbit, you're that sensual, you're that softness. And Mm -hmm. I need that so much. I do a lot of couples work. I do a lot of, you know, sex coaching, like more people who are dominant during their days, like to be submissive in the bedroom and people who are soft and people who are soft and submissive, like to be dominant in the bedroom. And it's just like, you know, embracing both parts of those energies and yeah. like realizing you don't have to fucking choose. You don't have to choose. Just like same as women. I feel like once we become mothers, society wants us to just be seen in that nurturing, that mother light. And like every other part of us is kind of expected or pushed to turn off. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a really hard thing for me to deal with too. You know, you touched on how motherhood can be kind of difficult for you. And it is for me too. Um, 
because I don't relate to being a mother in the way that, mm-hmm. you know, we've been shown what a mother is. Um, I just, I, I really feel like once you're a mother, you're expected to kind of like hang your sexuality up. And like, um, recently I read this like thing online. It was this, um, apparently someone completely made it up. You may know what I'm talking about, but someone completely made this up. Um, but it was about, it was supposed to be the child of a mother who was on OnlyFans. Did you hear about this? I have not, but I'm already very curious. Yeah. So apparently it was a person making the whole thing up just to see what everyone's responses were anyway. Um, but they were pretending to be the child of a mother who did OnlyFans and saying how it was ruining their life. Mm-hmm. And the comments below, and they were a lot of them from women, the comments below were just, I try so hard not to be that person that reads the comments, but this was one where I was just like, oh my God. Um, the comments below were just shaming this woman so hard of like, how could you ever do this? You know, just she needed to stop because, you know, her child, like she wasn't protecting her child and this and that. And I just, I don't subscribe to that. And like my Instagram, I don't share um, photos of my son. He's 10 now. So I feel like, you know, I might have him in my stories, but I don't, all my other photos I've taken down off of my regular feed Um, because he's 10 and he's getting older and, you know, privacy. Yeah. Um, he's his own person. So that's, you know, he needs to consent to that. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, I do realize that his friends could find out that I do what I do and be like, Oh, look at your mom. Like, you know, whatever they could give him a hard time, but they could also give him a hard time, you know, because I, I don't know, I did some other job, you know, like if the kids find out that, you know, your, your parent is like the garbage person or a janitor, they can make fun of you for that, which is, you know, that doesn't mean it's not good work. Um, Mm -hmm. Kids are mean and they make fun of other kids for all kinds of reasons, or they can be mean. Um, But there's no, like, we have to take this back and be like, this is not okay. Like I am who I am. And this is a part of who I am. And yeah, it's, we just keep cowering and keep letting people take this from us. And we have to like be leaders in that and be like, no, I'm going to do only fans if I want to. And I'm going to dance this way if I want to, and I'm going to show up and I'm going to be a sex coach if I want to be. And, you know, you can't allow motherhood to hold you back. That's a good way to resent your own child. Um, Yeah not fair to anyone in that situation. Oh, I literally just navigated these waters um, with my son. And when I started sex coaching and talking about sex and female pleasure and normalizing it and about, you know, all the things I already was my town witch. So I already kind of had mm-hmm. those glances, but I also like I, my mentor, you know, I was telling you this before, it's joke threat teacher. 
at first people were like probably like oh wow this is not that serious and then it's like oh man she's making an impact and now these people are coming to me for sessions on a regular um but when i stepped in to talking about sex more because my first root of shame is connected to sex and pleasure so i knew eventually it was going to circle around back to that with me working with other women and couples um i would see like baseball moms that don't follow me watching my stories and i knew like i had this story that you know my son wasn't going to be invited to play with these kids or invited to birthday parties okay. i had this story in my head that these moms weren't going to be comfortable around me because they would think i want to have sex with her husband or something um and it kept me small it kept me scared of showing up and again like reclaiming that power and taking it back um like those stories in my head were keeping me from fully reclaiming it and yeah. i don't know i just my son's dad was telling me the other day he was like on thanksgiving his sister-in-law pulled up a picture of me with a sex toy off of my Instagram in front of my son and was like talking about me and like how I was a slut. And, you know, uh, I was like, I had to go through and make sure I had everyone blocked that I needed to have blocked. And like, I was like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. And I started caring what they thought. I started yeah. getting trapped in that story again. And um, I was like, no, like, this is who I am. And we're teaching our kids to follow what lights them up and to yeah. feel safe being seen, even though I have two boys, um, but we're also teaching them to respect women and to like, it's fine for us to be sexualized. You know, society is okay if we're posting beautiful photos for that masculine attention, but the moment <laughs> we choose to do it ourselves, that's when people get uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. and. It drives me freaking crazy. So I love women like you. I think that's another reason I was so pulled to you. It's because you like showed up authentic and like, I don't know, it was just hypnotizing. And I want to feel that way within myself. And that's what I'm hoping to get out of your containers that I get to try tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I need more of that frequency. Yeah. Of life. And again, it's a ripple effect through all other areas. It's not just that one hour on the zoom call you know no no absolutely not and i i'm so excited to watch like um you know a couple of women are in there for the whole series so i'm excited to watch them like really progress through this journey and um you know everyone's somewhere different you know we're, none of us are in the same space you know we've all got our own journeys to go through yeah. but it's just so incredible to witness um it's just the most empowering thing I think a woman can do. I really, really see that. And, and that's why, like, I, no matter what anyone thinks about my work, I can't stop doing it because I can't help it. Stop. Yeah. I can't help it. Like, it's just, it's bigger than me. You know, it just like chose me and I cannot stop doing it. Um, but it also like, you know, it does light my soul up. It definitely, is medicine for me within my life. You know, I can't stop doing it personally at home. You know, like I can't, I probably dance every single day. I mean, it's I your just, meditation. It's your like, it absolutely know. is. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I always tell people who struggle with traditional meditation, I'm like, dance, move your body, mm -hmm. you know, get back into your body. Um, so have you ever done this professionally, like outside, like for a show in any way? I have not. Um, so I, not too long ago, I was extremely scared and nervous showing up to a studio to dance, Aww. believe it or not. So like I would have, um, and that was kind of what made me dig in deeper. <clears throat> I would have like panic attacks every time I would go to classes. Um, and just like my body would flip out and I would just not retain anything. Um, I would just struggle a lot. And so at first being in front of people was really scary to me. And uh, I still have a little bit of that. Like I still have a little bit of like stage fright for sure. Um, classes online are different, but also I have shaped the container, you know, it's, you know, by invitation that these women are in here, like, it feels very safe, it feels very judgment free. And that's what I've realized is I need spaces where there's no judgment, the feminine needs spaces of like, no judgment to move and express herself fully. And so that's really like, I've really felt that within my own movement is, you know, it's very important for me to have an environment where I feel like I can kind of safely express myself. Um, however, as I've grown, um, there is definitely a part of me that is a performer, not performative, mm -hmm. but a performer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely rooted in that like inner child part of me, like that's definitely, she loves to perform. Um, and recently I had like an invitation to be, uh, to try out for a burlesque troupe. Uh, which I have always wanted to be a burlesque dancer like it's like one of my biggest dreams probably so I am really considering that and it makes me very nervous but also like I'm in this part of my life where I'm kind of allowing my inner child to like she's my biggest guide she's just mm -hmm. like directing me in so much um I kind of let her take the reins a little bit um, especially when I'm afraid of something because that fear came later, you know, she didn't have that. Um, yeah. So I'm like, she would definitely do this. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so I may start performing like, you know, yeah. for real. Um, we'll see. <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, I love that your inner child is your compass right now guiding you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she showed up for me in a really, really big way. I had like a beautiful story about that. I don't know if you want me Sarah, to share that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was uh, in a really deep healing process of my life for a couple of years. Um, I was going through some like dark shadowy stuff. This was just a few years ago. And um, I lived in Charleston before, uh, you know, with my, at the time, fiance, he's now my husband. Um, and we moved to North Carolina uh, for a year. So like back home basically for a year. And I was going through this deep, like shadowy part of my life. Um, I was healing a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of grief. Um, a lot of it was around motherhood. Um, 
I moved home to go through that, but like moving home was really hard on us. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my husband, um, he really did not want to move back home, but he did it for me. Uh, so we were navigating a lot and life was really heavy for a long time. Um, we lived in a beautiful, uh, rental house uh it was in the woods in the mountains Mm. and I loved that home and I healed so much in that home um and then we moved out of that home and we bought a home in North Carolina because we thought we were going to stay um so we bought a home we were in it for about four months and uh everyone including me like thought we were going to be in North Carolina forever I just felt more at home than ever before even though it was in this dark kind of shadowy place, I felt supported. I felt at home. I felt like I was going through this big healing process and there was no part of me that wanted to leave for a while. Um, so we moved into this home. We were in this home for four months. We were kind of like not doing well as a couple. We would go on little trips on the weekend and have a really good time and feel like ourselves again. And then we'd come back home and feel not ourselves. So we were really struggling and I decided on a, it was like a full moon, lunar eclipse, like super moon in Leo, which is the house that rules like the inner child and play and creativity. Um, I decided on that night out of nowhere, like completely out of nowhere, I was like, we're going back to Charleston. We need to go home. And that completely shifted our like lives, like as a couple, um, individually, just so much happened after we made that decision. Like we made that decision. We traveled home to Charleston, which, you know, wasn't home yet then, but we went to Charleston for the weekend. Um, we found the most perfect place to live for exactly like how much we wanted to spend exactly where we wanted to be. Like he got his job back with a raise. I started my business. My, my business was super successful. I got to be exactly where I wanted to be in my studio. Like we did all this in like one weekend. We traveled back to Charleston. All this happened in one weekend. Our house sold for 40 grand over what we bought it for four months prior. Like everything just like yeah. aligned for me to come for us to come home to Charleston. And since then, like my inner child has been my guide, like you said. And like, it was that lunar eclipse, super moon, Leo, like energy that kind of like ushered me back to this life. And since then, that's when I started dancing. And she was just like, let's play. And it was just, that was what led me into dance is is her and like this element of just play and just have fun. And there was no like there was no reason behind it other than just like this lights me up and this makes me happy and I enjoy this and I was literally just playing um so yeah that's just a super condensed version but um yeah that that was a pivotal moment in our life that just like opened up so much for me and for us as a couple but definitely for me because it kind of rooted me back down into that part of myself and let me like kind of come out of that deep, um, dark place and come back into play and just being light and lighthearted. And yeah, Mm. it shifted everything. (laughs) I freaking love that. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I need to listen to my inner child more. (laughs) So where do you see this going? Your work, your medicine, what's your, (sighs) like, what do you want to see for yourself? So I, all this happened like very quickly with the feminine erotic. Like I said, I was just, I was playing, you know, I was doing what was fun for me and sharing my journey. And then I had women ask me to teach them. So that really wasn't expected. So I'm very new into like navigating this process, but um, I definitely want to offer um, or shape a new offering around being the wolf. That's what I'm titling this podcast to be the wolf. (laughs) Just so you know, I already wrote it up top. Um, yeah, so I definitely want to have a, um, like a series that's devoted Mm. to women's eroticism being that path to, um, embodying the wolf, embodying the predator, embodying our power and like really root into that and explore that. Um, because that's a lot of what it's been for me. Um, it's just getting to that part of myself and I've watched that part of myself come out in so many different areas of my life like you know this year I raised my prices at work I kicked all the men out of my practice I kicked all the men out of my social media spaces like which nothing against men but yeah, like that men are great but I needed to do that I needed mm-hmm. to do that and I took a deep breath after I did it like I yeah. felt different you know um but I did all these like really just badass things this year because I was stepping into that part of myself and she was like leading me through life, through other places in my life. So, well, we already know what your spirit guide is. I would say it's a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I also like with the masculine energy, we're not obviously hating on men in any way, but I have to be careful with you know I love attention again that's one of my kinks so I have to be very mindful of like my intention behind things I share am I doing this like do I feel empty am I doing this for outside validation and to get that masculine attention you know that's something that I really struggled with in the past because I associated that with my self-worth now I'm a completely yeah. different person but I still am like programmed to check myself and now yeah. do I really need to check myself maybe I just need to like unleash that wolf within me um freaking love it i'm so excited for your container tonight um where can we find you how do we connect with you um so i have um two different well i have three different instagrams but um probably the easiest way to connect with me would be on the feminine erotic instagram um or you can connect with me on between two moons which is Mm -hmm. my personal um, which I have switched back to private recently just for boundary reasons. Um, but I will accept your request. Um, if you are, you know, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find me there. Um, yeah. And that, we, that'll have all my offerings and everything. How do we work with you? Like, what are your, what are offerings currently that we can drop into or? Um, so I have the feminine erotic, uh, which is going now, and we are actually just on week two, um, tonight we'll have, uh, our second class. So you can totally drop in, um, to the other classes, or, you know, if you wanted to still get into the series, you can, 
um, and I can just send you the recordings for the, the past classes that we've done. Um, and then I'm sure I will offer the feminine erotic again, just because I've had a lot of women asking me to offer it again. And um, I've had a lot of interest in a twerk class. So I will yes. probably have a twerk class soon. Um, I love twerking. That's when that's probably when my inner child comes out the most because that's when I'm completely just in my joy and like play. And if I'm twerking, that means I am so freaking happy. Like, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I love that, that you explain the energy behind your twerking because there's a, like an association <laughs> with it. And yeah, like I'm definitely taking your twerking class. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I have so many people wanting me to do a twerk class. So I'm so excited to do that. Um, yeah, I, I love twerking. It's so fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. If you, is there anything we didn't touch on that you would like to take up space around? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just like, I think this was such a good conversation. Like we really touched on all the important things to me. So this was great. If there is one piece of medicine you want to leave our community, our listeners with, trust yourself, whatever comes to you, what would that be? Mm -hmm. be the wolf you <laughs> yes be the wolf yeah don't uh, be afraid to be the wolf I love that well thank yeah. you so freaking much for coming on here today and like you shared some potent wisdom and medicine and like I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this so thank you so much thank you you're welcome